I'm now in Bangladesh. I'm in Dhaka, the capital. And over the last week, I've done about 500 kilometers of cycling to get me from Kolkata to Dhaka with rims that have held up very well. But what I've noticed most of all is the sense of purpose and energy that I've had from setting myself some slightly more ambitious or perhaps risky is the wrong word, but goals that I don't quite know if are going to be possible to complete, but going for it anyway. And so today I kind of want to talk about being hungry for it, which is what I thought when on the day that I I left Kolkata and I was cycling with Devanch, who was a great, great riding partner, had come out with me for the whole way, cycled about 90 kilometers with me to the town of Burgon, which is the border town between India and Bangladesh. And we'd made good time. Devanch is an experienced cyclist who's done 300 kilometers of riding in one go. Then, in fact, the pandemic was really difficult for him, but cycling, he took up cycling eight months ago and it has given him a huge mental boost. And he related, he said, to parts of my story and was really keen to come and join. And so we had a fast day on the bike, which took us to the border with Bangladesh a bit sooner than expected. We got there about five o'clock in the afternoon. And I was expecting that night to stay in Burgon in a hotel there, and then the next morning cross into Bangladesh. But when we got to Burgon, I thought, well, we could just stop here and I'll spend the evening and it'll be easy. I can go for a run. I can have some food. I'll write my diary, do some work. And then this other part of me thought, well, there's still time to cross, actually. And I think you'd feel really excited to be in Bangladesh if you could cross today. But the border was set to close at 6pm. That's the time they work to. So we didn't have that much time to cycle over to the border. But I decided it's worth giving it a go. I was 50-50 between let's just do the safe, easy option and stay in a hotel in Burgon or I'll try and carry on and cross the border today. And this is what I mean about being hungry for it, of saying, yes, I want to keep pushing on. I want to be ambitious. So Devanch and I, we cycled to the border. And that is where I had to say goodbye to Devanch as I walked into the immigration terminal. And I gave the guys my passport, which has a Bangladesh visa, which I'd got that very morning from the Bangladesh embassy, and also a letter explaining about this is a cycle trip, he's going to be crossing with his bike, blah, blah, blah. And the Indian immigration official looked at this and looked at my visa type and said, well, this is a tourist visa. And I said, yeah, that's what I've been given. He said, well, no tourists can cross this border. Tourists can only fly into Bangladesh. And I was like, (laughs) this is like the... 10th time probably that when I've got to a border someone has told me you can't cross there is something wrong with your paperwork so at this point I wasn't that surprised and I wasn't too disheartened 
I, I knew to stand my ground and I explained that we'd had permission, express permission from the Deputy High Commission in Kolkata and that is the Bangladeshi Deputy High Commission and this is supported by the Bangladesh government and please could he check this out and here is my letter of permission I'll be travelling with a bike. The guy doesn't look too happy and he goes off and he comes back and he says, well, you know, I've told you already that you've got a tourist visa and like, tourist visas can't cross this land border, the Benapol land border. So you've got a problem there. And this letter that you have, it it doesn't say anything about crossing the Benapol land border. It just says that you're going to be cycling across Bangladesh. It doesn't specifically mention that you need to be crossing here. So this doesn't seem like a very um, relevant document to us. And I was a bit nervous at this point and I was thinking, am I going to need to go back to... Kolkata the next day, get another piece of paper that says, let him cross the Benapol border. But I sort of stuck it out and I said, no, nah, can you, you know, I'm, I'm really sure that this is going to be possible because I've been told. And so the guy goes off again and like 20, 30 minutes later, he comes back with his manager. And I'm thinking this, this couldn't go, this, this could go quite badly. And I'll have to go back to Bergon, get the hotel that I thought, you know, I was going to bypass and is this being hungry for going to backfire but this guy in charge that we talked to the Bangladeshi side and they said it's okay you can come through so I had my passport stamped no problems I go through to the other side the Bangladeshi side they are a bundle of smiles they're completely bemused that there's this pink tandem going through this building and there's a ramp that goes up in a sort of L shape and then another L shape that I have to sort of weave the bike round. It's a bit of a slalom course. And then there are lots of people crossing the border, but they are Indians and Bangladeshis and they're foot, uh, foot travellers. So a bike is very unusual. And so I, as usual, <laughs> attracted a lot of attention. But they, they stamped me through no problems. They'd been told by the Bangladeshi government it was all fine. So big, big thanks to Bangladeshi government um, after six weeks for supporting my crossing. And I was through into Bangladesh. And there is this incredible exhilaration that you get when you feel like you've achieved something you didn't expect to or like you've kind of got away with something. And... I felt that crossing a lot of borders on this trip. I feel it's quite specific, whether that's crossing the border from Liechtenstein into Austria pre-pandemic, whether that's getting into Moldova, whether that's getting into Uzbekistan. When you get across that border, when you're just like, this could go, this might not work out, uh, is a moment of exhilaration. You really get like a, a burst of energy from it and realising you're in a new country, there are new opportunities, and it does feel like a new start and a new leaf. And I think that's where some of this energy comes from, that there's this opportunity to refresh your approach to travelling. And I was really keen that evening. I put my bike in a hotel and I got straight out again, started walking the streets, and I was just excited to see what Bangladesh was. At least the small town of Benapol, which, as I will later explain, and you know, as I discovered, is of course not really. It's only a small side of Bangladesh, and that's one of the beauties of travelling that you realise that you're just getting lots of little different snapshots of a country. 
each of which is very incomplete, but gives you a flavor. And I went to, I, I was hungry, naturally. I hadn't eaten. Uh, it was time for dinner. And I decided, quite unusually, I'd say, to, on a whim, go into the first cafe that I saw. And this was very low-key, like plastic chairs, plastic tables. You wouldn't even, it didn't have any sign or anything. I just sort of happened to see it and I looked inside and there were these big dishes of food, like pre-cooked fish and chicken and mutton, all swimming in a spicy curry-like sauce. And these basins are like the, literally about the size of a bike wheel in diameter, maybe just a touch smaller than that. But they're, they're very large and you've got these chunks of meat in. And of course, Bangladesh is totally different from India in that it is not a vegetarian country. There is meat everywhere, all the time. In fact, a meal isn't complete without meat. And I made a decision that this is my first night in Bangladesh. Like, I can't limit myself to a plate of rice and experiencing what Bangladesh is. So I decided, well, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to be vegetarian tonight. And so I had this plate of rice and these bits of, sort of chicken and this very sort of spicy curry-like sauce that went on top. And I ate all of that up. It was, it was pretty nice. I mean, it wasn't didn't really convert me to being a meat eater, to be honest, but um, it was fine. And I then walked down the street and there were these food stalls. Though, interestingly enough, it wasn't your classic, like, typical, let's say, you know, quote-unquote, Indian street food. It was fried chicken. But there were, like, ten of these places. It wasn't just one. Like, the, the street food of Benapol was deep-fried chicken and something called chicken lollipops, which, again, is sort of deep-fried chicken on a, on a bone, on a stick. And I was like, well, screw it. This is, this is what we do in, in Bangladesh. I'm going to have deep-fried chicken. I'm going to have a chicken lollipop. And, yeah, the deep-fried chicken is surprisingly nice. I now understand why KFC is a global brand, because it's, it's good stuff. I wouldn't have it every day, but it, it was pretty tasty. But one of the things that struck me when I was in Benapol, and it probably helped that I wasn't walking around with my bike, is that people just seemed a little bit less in my face. Uh, and even some people who recognized I was a foreigner, there was one guy, a journalist, he's like, oh, hi, where are you from? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a journalist in English. And I said, oh, I'm from the UK. He was like, oh, great, shook my hand, and he just walked on. And that was a very significant moment to me that I perhaps read too much into looking back at the later experience in Bangladesh where there has been a lot of photos and questions and that similar sort of intensity. But I think there is a slight more... not in your face quite as much in, in Bangladesh. And I think the other observation I have is people tend to smile more. Like if you're in a chai shop you'll have a huge crowd. And this happened later on when we were in a village and there's like two people around, right? And you stop and you have some tea. But within two minutes, you've got like 20 people crowding around you. 
But my observation is like a little bit more than India. People were there with like a smile on their face and they're very, very curious again. Now, I should say at this point that I was joined the following morning by a guy called Tanvir, who's from Dhaka, from Bangladesh. And he had come out overnight to join me on the ride into Dhaka, which in Bangladesh isn't as straightforward as it might seem. It was only 250 kilometers, maybe 300 kilometers. It took Tanvir 12 hours. And four of those hours were spent going one and a half kilometers down a stretch of road before he could take a ferry to cross one of the rivers. So Tanvir arrived, and he's this really lovely, sweet guy, scraggly beard, 26 years old. He's got his helmet. He's in some like hiking short, no, hiking trousers, and having had no sleep. And we just start cycling um, through Bangladesh together. And he was telling me all sorts of things about the the road. So we're going on Zoshur Road, which is the road going away from the border into Bangladesh. And he was saying this road in 1971, 10 million refugees were walking down it because of the war between what was then East and West Pakistan. And people were escaping and going into India. And it's this amazing tree-lined roads with these fantastic, majestic trees that sort of sprawl upwards and make a archway all the way down the road for, for miles and miles and this was a road that saw a huge amount of suffering and so I was gaining a lot of about Bangladesh from from Tanvir but Tanvir had very kindly uh, and I was surprised he'd read all like a lot of my blog posts he'd coughed on to the fact that I was feeling I'd felt quite tired <laughs> in India and was therefore determined to sort of protect me from the overdrive onslaught of lots of photos and questions and was really amazing like that. And we developed a strategy that when we'd stop at a chai place or something, he initially said, look, this guy, he's really tired. Just, he's been on the road for two years. Just go go away, don't take any photos. That felt a bit... After a while, I thought that's not quite right. But we've now developed a strategy that we'll say to people, if you want to take a photo, you can take it at the end. So when we're about to leave, let's take a photo. And that is actually a tactic that works a lot better because it means that you can have your piece, then you can get the photos done in a short period of time, and then you can move on rather than being constantly interrupted. And then there's also a bit about it being on your own terms rather than your time and space being uh, interrupted. So that is just a fairly useless bit of trivia for you. I'm talking quite a bit, but I, before we end this, this will be part one of being hungry for it, like sort of exploring this theme. But to finish off, I want to tell you a bit about what riding in Bangladesh is like, because it was totally different to what I expected. Very different from India, in fact. Cycling through Bangladesh is like cycling through a wetlands it is so green there is a load of water around lots of rivers lots of ponds lots of waterways and rice paddies green rice shoots just sprouting everywhere 
and we were cycling through rural roads, and these tended to be shaded, they were quiet, narrow, flat roads, not very much traffic, and actually, the cycling in Bangladesh has been some of the most beautiful that I have done, and really enjoyable, and the just gorgeous moments of the sun setting, it's golden, the light is bathing us and the surrounding landscape, and it feels like a really, really special place. What's more, Tanvir said, look, right now, this this is kind of nothing. If you come back in a few months when it's the monsoon season, your eyes will burn from how green it is. And so I think Bangladesh is a place that is blessed with huge amounts of natural beauty and surprising amounts of calm in the rural areas. Next time, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the the less calm areas and the, the, the urban areas and how it's a very, very different place from the countryside to the urban. And I'm going to talk a bit more another time that I was like, okay, let's be hungry for this. Let's do it.